The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Dear Media IRL is back, and we're showing up bigger, better, and louder than ever. Join us on May 4th in Austin, Texas, for the ultimate live podcasting experience. Watch and learn from your favorite Dear Media hosts as they bring their insightful discussions from your headphones to the stage. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and watch audio get a makeover. Tickets are on sale now at dearmedia.com slash IRL. See you on May 4th in Austin, Texas. Hi, y'all. This is Houseguest, and I am your host, Kenzie Elizabeth. Think a Gen Z wannabe Martha Stewart meets Dolly Parton trying to live in a Nancy Myers movie in her 20s. We talk all about life, relationships, navigating your 20s, closing out the bars, or waking up at 5 a.m., depending on our vibe that week. Ultimately, living our best lives and figuring it out along the way. So come hang out. Sometimes I have guests on who do really cool things, some of my best friends, or it's just me and my house that I spend way too much time in. So let's get into the show. Hi, y'all. This is a solo episode. We're doing a little rerun. I just wanted to pop in very quickly before the episode starts. This is one of my favorite solos, if not my favorite solo I've ever recorded. If y'all are feeling behind, if y'all are feeling like stressed out, overwhelmed, like you need to achieve everything by like 21, which I'm 26. So, you know, that's real. This is a really good episode and also a great episode to listen back to. Might be a little egotistical of me, but listen, it's less about me and more about the contents that I'm sharing in this episode. Even just doing the research and stuff. I know I probably say this in the episode, so I'll cut to it. But even just doing the research and knowing this, I think back to this and the things that I've learned through this episode. I'm not exaggerating probably every single day. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Thank you guys so much for all of your kind words and support. During this time, my family and I are just going through a lot and I'm really grateful and I love y'all and I'm really excited to be back. So yeah, let's get into the episode. Today's episode is all about society's timelines and like this weird deadline for success, the pressures of being a 20-something. Essentially, you are not behind. That is what we're getting at. I am right there with everyone. I struggle with this big time. I think it's gotten less as I've done more reading over time because I've realized there are so many people who have not like just gained success at 18 with social media, especially. I think we look online and we see, you know, a TikToker or honestly, even me, like it doesn't matter who it is. You see someone online and you think that they have it all or, you know, they're making this much money or whatever it is. Like you see an 18 year old buy a house in, you know, Beverly Hills and you're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? That kind of vibe. Okay. And there's just a lot of, I don't know, annoying deadlines for success and just pressures of being a 20-something in general. So we're going to go through that. And I'm actually going to give you guys a list of people who are like, quote, successful, who have found success later in life. I kind of think this is, I don't know, I kind of even am having problems with this title and kind of like this message behind it because I don't think that, quote, success is like the only thing that matters in life. But I also think success is what you make it. Like whatever success means to you. I think success is a very personal thing, basically. So with that being said, we are talking more about like career success in here. But I also want to say like, I don't know. I would not view a successful life for me personally as being, you know, a billionaire and being really, quote, successful in the world's eyes of like, the world's eyes. That sounds like so, I don't know. 
maybe societal norms, the American dream kind of vibe. Just making a lot of money and like being lonely for me, living a successful life is freedom and having fulfilling relationships. Obviously, that's not what we're talking about today because how are you? We can't get into every single person's life. You know what I'm saying? So, we're going to talk about career stuff today. And for everyone who feels almost like left behind or lost, or you're comparing yourself to your friends and you feel years behind, I just want to say you are not. And we're going to take a deep breath. And hopefully, that is what this episode today is it's a deep breath that makes you feel better. Okay. Because none of us know what we're doing, we're so confused. I am 10 years into my career. I started working when I was 15, 16, like started a career then. And I still feel this way all the time, right? And I'm trying to not feel this way. I actively work hard not to. I also want to do an entire solo episode on the pressure to overachieve and just like why we are that way and basically how to combat that. Because if anything, that is my number one issue in life. I'm an Enneagram three. It's very, very difficult. For whatever reason, there are now like deadlines for success. I think it's very evident when you think about, you know, the 30 under 30 list. I think even for women, for some reason, there's this weird rule or I don't want to say rule, but like idea that so many of us have in our heads that we either need to be married by 30 or have kids by 30. And like, that is just simply not the case. For me, I'll put that off as long as possible, but I didn't always feel that way. We are just increasingly feeling a pressure to succeed by a certain timeline. Like by the time we're 30 or whatever it is that we have in our minds. And I think this is for a few different reasons. Largely because of social media. I think as it's gotten worse, as we've gotten older, a lot of it has to do with social media and comparing ourselves to people. And obviously, you guys don't need me to say this again, but social media is a highlight reel. I want to give this example before we even get into the other reasons because this is something I have been thinking about for so long. Okay. I'm going to give you like a fictional character. Let's say you feel the need to be married by a certain point or you or someone who wanted to get married young. I think a lot of people have this idea that they were going to get married out of college and it didn't happen. Okay. So let's say someone gets married at 24, which is very young. I mean, do whatever you want, but 24 is young, right? There's two friends, Sally and Mary, okay? Sally gets married at 24 and Mary is like kind of like the miserable single friend. And not that I'm single and I'm not miserable, but like, you know, the person who like really, really feels like their life is not going to start until they're 30, okay? So Sally is married and what everyone thinks is a happy marriage. And then Mary is single, right? And she's very jealous, maybe not like ruining their friendship in the back of her head. Like, oh my God, I wish that was my life, right? They get to the age 30. Let's say it's six years later, okay? And Mary is still single, but also, so is Sally. I'm pretty sure. I'm like mixing up the names. Sally is now getting a divorce and had a very, very unhappy marriage. Says it was a mistake. Like ruined, not ruined, but spent all of her 20s with this person. And now Mary is sitting there like, wow, you know, I always wanted to be you. I didn't realize that behind closed doors, this actually sucked really bad and took an entire basically decade of your life away from you. And in this decade of my life, I was able to make new friends, travel, do new things, like explore life, figure out what I wanted. So basically, I'm saying that as like, you don't know what people are going through. And even if you're comparing in modern day, you don't know what the future is going to hold, right? So not everything that you're looking at and comparing yourself to is the reality. And you know what? There are some people who get married young and it's amazing. That's not the point of the story. 
it's just like you have no idea what almost you're like kind of being protected from at times. Like when things don't work out, my life right now, I've said this a billion times, is nowhere near what I thought it was going to be maybe like two or three years ago. And if you would have told me that two or three years ago, what my life would look like now, I would have probably been just like very upset that certain things didn't work out. And now that is like the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I'm only 25. I'm saying this like talking to you guys, like with you in this conversation, not from like a, I know anything kind of standpoint. But I will just say when I think about stories like that, it it does make me want to compare less just because you don't know what's going on. And what you're comparing to in this fantasy life that you think this person has is not always the case, Okay. I think another reason that we have a lot of this pressure on ourselves is our parents comparing to where they were at 25. I'm very lucky in the sense that my parents do not do this at all. They're also divorced. So like they wouldn't necessarily want me to model my life after them. Divorced parents props. But I know a lot of people voice like my parents are always like, oh my God, you know, I was married and had kids by 25 or I was, you know, three kids in at 28. They're always putting this, not always, but a lot of the time putting this pressure on you to be there without realizing like times have changed, right? Education is more expensive than ever. Salaries aren't really that great. People are in so much student loan debt. It's it's a very different world. And also like we don't feel the need, not all of us feel the need to get married super young. So I think a lot of it is social media. I think a lot of it is our parents. And then I also think just education being more expensive than ever, right? And jobs are not, always, they're not like aligning in the raising of salary, if you will. You know, we have this idea of the American dream, which is, you know, success is largely defined by doing well in school, going to a nice college or university, getting a great job, buying a new car, a new house, getting married and having a family like that is the American dream. And that's also being delayed by our generation, right? So whether it's our fault or external factors, whatever, there used to be a time where that, I feel like that timeline was closer. For a lot of us, that timeline is getting a little bit more spread out. And in the in-between is when we're freaking out, right? Also, there's nothing wrong with the American dream. Like, I want to do all those things. I want to get married and have a family. I just, I don't care to do them right now. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I think because in the back of our heads, so many of us had this idea of the American dream and what we should be doing. One, we're ignoring ourselves. There's a whole other conversation about like what we actually want. We're abandoning our wants and needs based off of societal standards or what people around us want from us. But also because in the back of our head, we have the American dream. I do think graduating college, good job, car house, getting married, family, that's a little bit more spread out than it has been in the past. I think those middle years were very confused. And whether that's your early 20s, your late 20s, your early 30s, 40s, whatever it is, there is no, there is no right way to live your life and there is no right timeline for anyone. But I do think that that is also like adding almost to the anxiety of it. We're also an instant gratification generation. We expect things now. I have a friend who changed career paths and like completely changed career paths and was mad that she wasn't starting off at like a higher position immediately. And it's like, listen, you're in a totally different career path. You need to learn that, right? So that's just natural. I mean, like you think about we're an Amazon Prime generation, what everyone what everyone says, right? But we're also a social media generation. Like we just want instant gratification now. We all feel that. I mean, how many of us are on like uh, the food apps adding $2 to like get our food five minutes early? You know what I'm saying? Like we are an instant gratification generation, which I think 
leads us to focus more on like the destination of where we're going and not the in-between or the journey, which sounds so cheesy. And because we're not enjoying those times, we're somehow like miserable in the process, right? And we're looking at that as like, oh, that's going to be what completes us. But because it's a little bit further away, we actually don't know that. So then we just like waste our time being miserable when we should be enjoying the process. I actually struggle with this. And this is a question that I want to ask Ed Milet actually. I would say I'm really content and happy with my life now, but I'm afraid that if I'm too content, then I won't want to be driven and like looking for the next thing. And I think working and looking towards the next thing can be bad, but it's also in a way necessary because if you don't want to stay stagnant in life, you need to be looking for the next thing. You need to be working for the next thing. I don't want to be too comfortable and get too comfortable to where I'm not looking towards the future. But I also don't want to waste all of my time in the present and not enjoy my life in the meantime. Guys, we're back talking about AG1. And AG1 is one of my favorite sponsors of the show because it is something that I use every single day if I'm in my routine, okay, and keeping up. And I was a paying customer for so, I mean, I still am a paying customer of AG1 for so long, way before they ever sponsored me. Like I was an OG customer, okay? And I still am an OG customer, I guess. I don't know why I'm talking in the past tense. Basically, bottom line, this stuff works. This stuff is amazing. I have my beautiful little green tin full of my AG1 sitting on my counter right next to my coffee because I make myself drink it before I have my coffee. And then I even have extra boxes and backup and just like my travel stuff in my little basket of greens in my kitchen, which is mainly AG1, okay? I love it. Since I've started drinking AG1 daily, which is a long time, and I will tell you when I'm not drinking it, I feel the difference. I, since drinking it, have just felt so much better. I feel really energized. I feel stronger. I feel more nourished. I love knowing that I'm doing something every day in the morning, which is like good for me. It delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more. It's also a very powerful, healthy habit. That's just so powerfully simple. And I will tell you like habit stacking, they'll tell you you small, you go bigger, right? Just having the habit itself of taking AG1 every day has made me implement like other better, healthier habits. So it is just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I personally love the routine. What I do is I get up in the morning. I go straight to my AG1. It is the first thing I do every single morning. I take a scoop. Sometimes I'll do two. Like it just really is depending. Normally just one scoop. I use a little hand frother. I think that is the key because it mixes it together really well. If you are someone, if you don't want like lumps or just certain things in it, get a little hand frother, $10, so worth it. And they are amazing. It simplifies and enhances my daily supplement routine. It's just amazing. It supports healthy aging and I love it. Okay. So if y'all want to take ownership of your health this year, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash houseguest. That's drinkag1.com slash houseguest. Check it out. I really recommend the travel packs too, by the way, guys. I'm like going way over on this ad, but I really do love the travel packs. I throw them in all of my bags. Actually, in my suitcase, I have a little bag of AG1 travel packs that I just keep in there and I use them whenever I'm gone, obviously. So it's amazing. I even just throw them in my purse if I'm like out for the day. Cannot recommend enough. So again, guys, try it out. And that is 
an amazing deal. Again, drinkag1.com slash houseguest. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Emma Shagormley. We are two best friends with one common obsession, beauty. beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We tried it all and we've got your back. We'll be calling on all our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. Consider us your beauty 411 and sometimes your 911. From how to fix brassy hair to the pros and cons of laser facials and always with a cocktail in hand, always. So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcasts. This past week, I received a package and it was this bodysuit. Okay. This is a seamless, like smoothing bodysuit and I will never look back. Okay. It is first off so comfortable. Second, and honestly, most important, if I'm being real with you guys in a bodysuit, okay, really flattering, right? It is the best bodysuit. It just smooths everything. It's the perfect basic. It's just something that you can wear, dress up, dress down, whatever. It's actually from Maiden Form, which they are a new sponsor on the show. And I love their stuff, okay? Get a taste of M, a hot new collection of craveable intimates from Maiden Form, a brand with a whole lot of history. They've been around since the very first bras, and now they're bringing you a new kind of classic, the chicest basics you have ever seen. So M is a collection from Maiden Form, which is a brand with 100 years of innovation and category leadership. They wrote the book on bras, and M is the next juicy chapter. You really have to just feel it to believe it. The fabrics are so soft, they're so buttery, and they feel so expensive. They're way more expensive than they are in a great style that won't break the bank. So they have on-trend designs made from stretchy, comfy fabrics and incredible covers. M can be worn as an innerwear or outerwear, style to your taste, create looks that serve for all or none to see. So like I said, I love this bodysuit. It's absolutely incredible. And then they also have this seamless lift wireless bra which is amazing. I don't love wire in my bra. It's just like not the most comfortable thing ever. And this bra is not only comfortable, but it's also like lifting your chest, which I feel like a lot of the ones that are comfortable are not really like making your boobs look the best. You know what I mean? And uh, let me tell you, okay, this one works. This one is amazing. So you guys can visit maidenform.com and use code houseguest20 at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. That's maidenform.com. It's M-A-I-D-E-N F-O-R-M.com. Use code houseguest20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's made in form. M-A-I-D-E-N-F-O-R-M.com. Use code houseguest20 for 20% off your first order. I think overall, I'm just trying to figure out how to be content in the meantime while still wanting more, but having the wanting more not make me discontent in the current stage. And I think I've gotten better at this a little bit over time. And I think that's also largely because I just like my life a lot more than I used to. (laughs) Like I'm a lot happier now. So maybe that is kind of the answer. I don't really know. But I do think there's a tension between being content and happy with where you're at while also wanting more. And I don't think wanting more is a negative thing. I think wanting more is actually a really positive thing if you are someone who like wants to achieve your goals or whatever it might be. But I think that's kind of talking, that's like honestly pointing to exactly where I think a lot of us are right now. I would say I'm pretty happy in my life. I like a lot of what's going on, but like, I don't want to just stop here. I want 
you know, the biggest life that I can. I want to, you know, do all the things that I dream of. And I don't know, like being happy and content in the meantime, I think is what we're always trying to like kind of figure out. Also, I think self-help is everywhere, which I think can get a little bit unhealthy. And this is coming from Miss self-development over here. Like, I love reading these books. I love listening to the podcast. But I do find like, at what point is it too much information? And at what point is it not healthy? And are we focusing too much on like achievement or success or whatever it is? I don't believe in balance in life. I think that when things are balanced, I had someone share this analogy with me one time and I'm going to butcher it, but I thought it was really helpful. She was saying like, if you think about a scale and when it's balanced, it's not going anywhere. But when it's unbalanced, like something obviously is thriving and then you see on the other end, something's not doing as well. But I think, so it's like, if you're staying balanced all the time, sometimes you're just not making any progress, which I think is an interesting take. You know, I personally don't think balance is like what I'm focused on. I think having different priorities at different times is what I focus on. So For example, when I was in college, my priorities were on my career and on school, right? Then I graduated college, moved back to Texas. My priorities are my career and then building a life for myself. So like my social life became a very big priority when before it wasn't because, and that really honestly just kind of slacked at the time. So I don't know. I'm less about like priorities and more about… No, I'm less about balance and more about priorities. But I do think it's it's an interesting topic with self-help because I don't know if we've ever been so focused on self-help. And I actually love this stuff. I love like Ed Milet. Like I said earlier, I love reading these books. I want to optimize like every area of my life. I actually really love those things. But I do wonder like what effect this will have on us in how we almost like guard our minds in a way. It's like keep that in a healthy place. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You're sitting here and thinking like, I've done nothing. That is absolutely not true. We also need to stop talking in extremes. I'm the queen of talking in extremes. Like when I'm in a fight with like my sister, my brother, whoever it is. I'm like, you always, you always. The second you say always, nothing, everything, never. Like those words are never helpful. They're not helpful in a conversation with someone else in your life and they're not helpful in a conversation you're having with yourself, which self-talk is one of, I think it's probably the most important thing in life because I mean, your relationship with yourself, everything stems from your relationship with yourself and your relationship with yourself is a lot of self-talk. So when you're saying like, I've done nothing, that is absolutely not true. Like we need to, I think, celebrate the victories, small and large. So like, let's say you went to high school, you graduated high school incredible. Love that. Like that's congratulations. You got a job at whatever it is. Like congrats. Like we need to be celebrating the victory small and large. And we have to stop comparing ourselves to others. Another thing I want to touch on is something I was thinking about earlier. So when I said, I shared that story earlier about someone, about the two girls who got, one got married, one was single, one was unhappy, right? We almost need to neutralize being with the partner because It doesn't make you like better or worse. You just happen to have a partner, you know? And I hope that your partner adds to your life and makes your life better and makes you better. And that's amazing. But compared to the next person, you are not better or worse just because you are single or not single. And I think that's something we really need to put into play here because I think when we're comparing our lives, more often than not, it's what is it? Career, 
So like career, finances, whatever that is. And then also relationships, like marriage, kids, boyfriends, girlfriends, like doesn't matter what it is. And I think we really need to neutralize being with a partner because again, it doesn't make you better or worse or more head in life or whatever. It just, it doesn't do any of those things, right? Also, there is no rush, especially to people in your 20s. Like, I don't know. I just think every time I ask someone who's older, like for advice at this age, or like, what do you wish you would have told yourself? More often than not, it's like people saying, I wish I would have enjoyed my time more and not been in a rush. Something I think about often, and pretty soon we're going to get into the people who were successful later, okay? Something I think about often and something that helps me get through a lot of different situations is like visualizing my future self, right? As like having what I want. So let's say I'm visualizing my future self at 35 and having, you know, a book deal, a book club podcast and, you know, something else, right? All these career things that I want, a very successful clothing brand, whatever, okay? Or even like you're visualizing yourself 10 years from now with the dream partner that you've always wanted, okay? That person will look back at us in current day and probably wish we wouldn't have wasted that time by wishing life away until we got to this quote destination or quote achievement or relationship or whatever it is, right? So I always try to think from the mentality of like my future self having it and not like just living. It's almost like a calmness. Like I know one day that will happen and that is great. And it's going to happen when it's, you know, when it's going to happen when it's going to happen. Whether you believe it's going to happen when it's meant to be or whether it's a butterfly effect or whatever it is, like it's going to happen at some point. And the reality is the only thing you have control over is like modern day right now. So I think that is important and not wishing your life away currently because that's all you have. I think this is also like two parts. I think one is stop putting so much pressure on yourself based on your age or status in life or wherever you're at. And also like don't give up on your dreams. Just because something isn't happening now doesn't mean it isn't going to happen later. A very good example is Oprah. Oprah got fired at her job in her 20s, right? Saying she was unfit for television news. And then she went on to become Oprah, okay? So just because things are not happening for you right now or not happening in the exact way you picture it doesn't mean that it's not going to lead to that or lead to something even better. So that is another thing we need to keep in mind, okay? All right, so I have some articles that I'm going to read of people who gain success later in life. First and fave, right? We have Kris Jenner. So Kris Jenner was 52 when she met with Hollywood producer Ryan Seacrest in 2007 to pitch the idea for a reality TV show following her family. The resulting show, obviously keeping up, became a hit and Jenner went on to manage her children's various ventures in fashion, beauty, media. We all know this. But Kris Jenner was 52 when she took the meeting to pitch the show for Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And now look at her. Like that is actually crazy. I hope these things too, like your life goal doesn't have to be for like this crazy success. But the point being that like it doesn't always have to happen in your 20s or even your 30s or even your 40s, okay? The next one we have is Julia Child. The famously adored chef, author, and television personality is a familiar name in homes and hearts across America, right? But she was not always known for her delicious recipes and humorous dialogue. After working in media and advertising, Julia decided to learn how to cook while living in France. She turned her newfound hobby into a trailblazing career, not without hitting some major bumps in the road, 
Julia published her first cookbook at 50 years old. Then she turned into a celebrity chef with her own TV show. She also became the first woman to be inducted into the Culinary Institute of America's Hall of Fame. That is incredible. Also, I'm like, maybe that's what I'll do. Like, shit, guys. Vera Wang, as one of the most famous designers today, it's hard to imagine Vera Wang doing anything but building her fashion empire. But before she was creating runway, clothing, and wedding dresses, she was a figure skater and a journalist. Vera did not enter the fashion industry until she was 40 years old. It just goes to show that it's never too late to switch careers or chase a passion. Something I want to say really quickly too. I think it is so cool when you see it on, you know, those like happy Instagram meme pages of like, so-and-so went to med school at 50 and had been in this career path all their lives. And they made a change like later on in their career path, like 10 years before retirement. Honestly, there's nothing cooler than that to me. I think that is amazing. Toni Morrison, the acclaimed novelist of The Black Experience, has been celebrated for decades for her books, which include The Bluest Eye, Song of Solomon, and Beloved. Toni Morrison did not even explode in the public eye until 1993 when she became the first African-American woman to win the Nobel Peace Prize for literature. She was 62 years old. I will say also, there are other things I'm sure that went into her not getting credit until credit was due. Like, I mean, I haven't done enough research, but you get what I'm saying. Incredible. She was 62 years old. There are also things like generational poverty, privilege, racism. There are a lot of reasons as to why people don't achieve things until later in life. But that's not really the point of this episode. The point of this episode is to free you from the stress of it. Just wanted to like kind of say, like touch on that a little bit. One of my skincare holy grails is this moisture rich balm and it's from Oak Essentials. I found out about Oak Essentials because I am a huge fan of Jenny Kane. So Oak Essentials was founded in 2021 by the team behind Jenny Kane. I am the biggest fan of Jenny Kane. They're known for their simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high quality ingredients that actually really drive results. They aim to unlock healthy, glowy skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. Their approach to aging is helping you look and feel beautiful and your best at every age. So let's talk about this moisture rich balm. I got this probably like six or seven months ago, six months ago. I'm not really sure, but I started using it in the fall going into winter when it was getting really cold and your skin gets really dry and you feel like all the winter uglies and stuff. This moisture rich balm is next level, okay? I would lather my skin in it. I mean, I'm still lathering my skin in it, honestly. I'm lathering my skin in it like the night before when I'm going to bed and I wake up and my skin is just so soft and dewy and hydrated looking. And that is so hard to achieve. The level of which my skin is just so like glowy, especially in the wintertime. And this rich, like moisture rich balm, I'm telling you, it is amazing. I love their stuff. I love their kit. I love like everything from them. But if you're going to try one thing, I highly recommend this bomb. You can buy it on its own or as a part of one of Oak Essentials best-selling bundles for a simple start to finish skincare routine. Not to mention it also makes the perfect gift for any skincare lover in your life. So the routine bundle, I would actually really recommend this, comes with the moisture rich balm, the ritual oil, which is also amazing, the cleansing balm, which I love, the balancing mist, and a restorative mask. Stop putting like toxins on your skin and start seeing your dream complexion with Oak Essentials. I'm calling it 2024 is the year of the natural head-to-toe glow. My followers will get 15% off their first order when they use code HOUSEGUEST at checkout. That is 15% off your first order at Oak, 
Essentials.com, which is O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com, promo code houseguest. Go ahead and treat yourself from luxurious skincare to meaningful self-care. You deserve it. We are talking about Green Chef today. Green Chef is amazing for a couple of reasons, okay? Let me just, let me just start with why you guys should, actually, let me start with what Green Chef is in case you guys don't know and you're living under a rock. Green Chef is actually a CCOF certified meal kit company. So Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or you're just looking for like a more balanced meal, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit preferences. Now, y'all probably know that I love cooking. It's very meditative for me. It's very therapeutic. And it's just something that I really love. And so I hate when my schedule gets so busy and like it just becomes more of a chore or I have to think about what I'm going to make or go to the grocery store and then I just don't get there and then I end up ordering in and then I, I just get off my routine pretty easily when I'm under stress. That's why I love things like Green Chef, okay? You can take back your time in the kitchen with dinner in 30 minutes and lunch in 10, and they deliver everything that we need to make convenient, wholesome, and delicious meals directly to your doorstep, which I love because, again, like, I love cooking. I love making food from home, but sometimes just when I'm really stressed or just, like, life does whatever life does, and I don't have time or I forget or I just kind of, like, fall off my routine— I will just end up eating in or ordering in, which I don't love because it doesn't make me feel like physically good. And it's not like the best choice for me. So I don't really like doing that. But I love Green Chef. And they also offer unique farm fresh ingredients like figs, dates, and artichokes, sustainably sourced seafood, and more. With Green Chef, you'll never find artificial colors or high fructose corn syrup, which I think is actually really cool. So y'all can go to greenchef.com slash 60houseguests and use code 60houseguests to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. So go to greenchef.com slash 60houseguests and use code 60 house guests to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. I really cannot recommend it enough. I love them so much. They're amazing. Highly, highly recommend. I just get it for two people. I invite a friend over. I cook. I have a great time and I love it. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash Kinsey and get on your way to being your best self. So when it comes to February, I feel like we're thinking a lot about relationships, okay? And you don't need to just be thinking about, you know, like romantic relationships, right? A common misconception about relationships in general is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones can happen when both people put in the work to make them great. I have a lot of different relationships in my life, my relationships with my friends, with my family, just so many different relationships. And a lot of them have taken a lot of work. Specifically, personally for me, are familiar relationships, my relationships with my family, okay? And therapy can be a really great place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or honestly, really just anyone. My entire family and I have benefited greatly from therapy, whether we are going to therapy on our own or we're going to therapy with each other, which we've done on multiple occasions throughout the years. Um, And it's really, really helped. I'm very, very close to my family. We have great relationships, but it has taken a lot of work to get there. And we really have therapy to thank for where we are at today. 
Um, I have been in and out of therapy pretty much my entire life at this point. I cannot say enough good things about it. It has given me the tools and the resources that I have needed to get through so many hardships. Currently, the hardest, the worst hardship of my life in the past, all of the other things, whether it is grief, whether it's heartbreak, whether it's a move, feeling lost in your 20s, like whatever it might be, a divorce. Like, I mean, so many different things. Therapy has really helped me immensely and I cannot recommend it enough. So if y'all are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash Kinsey today to get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Kinsey. Laverne Cox, I think that's how you say it. If not, I'm really sorry. Emmy-nominated actress and trans right activist Laverne Cox rose to prominence with her new role in Netflix's Orange is the New Black in 2013 when she was 41. In 2014, she graced the cover of Time Magazine at age 42. At 45, she was nominated for her first Emmy. Donald Fisher was 40 and had no experience in retail when he and his wife, Doris, opened the first Gap store in San Francisco in 1969. The Gap's clothes quickly became fashionable. And today, the company is one of the world's largest clothing chains. So like literally Gap, guys. Okay, so Samuel Jackson has been a Hollywood staple for years now, but he'd had only bit parts before landing an award-winning role at age 43 in Spike Lee's film Jungle Fever in 1991. Henry Ford was 45 when he created the revolutionary Model T car in 1908. Wild Wheel was 45 when he founded what became the most popular cowboy wear brand, Rockmount Ranch Water. He remained its CEO until he died in the ripe age of 107 in 2008. That's crazy. Betty White was one of the most award-winning comedic actresses in history, but she didn't become an icon until she joined the cast of The Mary Tyler Moore Show in 1973 at age 51. Steve Carell is known for many blockbuster hits, including The 40-Year-Old Virgin and The Big Short, but he didn't land his hit role as Michael Scott in The Office until he was 42. Connie Britton, who I love because she starred in two of my favorite TV shows and I just love her in general. Connie Britton stayed under the radar until she was cast as Tammy Taylor in Friday Night Lights, which premiered when she was 37. Bethany Frankel became a real housewife, appeared on The Apprentice, Martha Stewart at the age of 35 as the owner of a cooking company that later failed. She was in her 40s when she launched a low-calorie margarita company that became the Skinny Girl Empire. Jane Lynch, her breakout role was in Christopher Best in Show, and she was 40 when the film came out. After nabbing supporting parts in The L Word and The 40-Year-Old Virgin, she got the gig that she would make that would make her a household name portraying Glee's like Sue Sue Sylvester. I like saying Sylvester, Sue Sylvester. Sorry guys. Melissa McCarthy Gilmore Girl junkies have known Melissa McCarthy since she was in her 30s. However, the actress didn't hit it big until she was 41 thanks to her hilarious work in Bridesmaids. I would actually argue though that like Gilmore Girls is a very big show. Anyways, obviously most of these people had been working towards a lot of their goals. Anyways, there's a lot of these people who have been working towards their goals for, you know, 20, 30 years before that. There's a lot of these people who had no idea that they would end up in these life paths were in their 20s, confused, had no life direction, had no idea what they wanted to do. If you are in your 20s and you have no clue what you want to do, that is so normal. I actually asked on Instagram just for topics 
kind of about this, like any thoughts, questions, concerns, ideas you guys have on this topic. And a lot of the fears were not being ready to get married, not ever getting married, not being engaged at 23. Parents got mad that I am a college athlete and can't support myself at 20. Feeling behind when you're the only friend who hasn't found the love of their life yet. Asking if you think this pressure is outdated. I do think this pressure is outdated. Your first job not being your dream job. Guys, I'm telling you and like, listen, this sounds so annoying coming from me. I understand. But your first job is probably not your dream job. That is, I think that's standard. That is so normal. Like drill that into your head. I say that not out of a way of like, oh my God, I love my job. More so just like, don't put that pressure on yourself. Like most people do not get their dream job, their first job. I also, I don't even think you know what your dream job is sometimes when you're that young, you know? I don't think sometimes we even know it when we're 40. Feeling behind after being in school so long and crazy student loans limiting you. Someone said, I'm 24 and I just opened a 401k a few months ago. My 23-year-old friend just bought a house. Okay, listen. We, you cannot, that is, you just can't compare yourself. Also, 24 with the 401k is great. So that's awesome. Celebrate the wins and focus on what you do have versus what you don't have. Not feeling like you're really having the time of your life in your 20s. I, I, I think our 20s are very mismarketed towards us. And I think they are not the best years of our lives. I hope. People feeling that they don't have the ability to explore different jobs because they need to make a certain amount of money. I will say Lauren Bostick shared this advice. And I, I truly think in the long run, this is the most helpful and the best thing you can do. If you want to explore different jobs or explore different interests or create your own, like your own dream career, get a service industry job, work nights, and then that frees up your days to work on building your dream career during the day. Especially when you're young and you have like less responsibilities. The younger, the better, just on the aspect of having less responsibilities. And I know that kind of contradicts the entire episode. You can always do it. It doesn't matter. I'm just speaking to people who are post-grad. So many of like feeling like everyone's ahead of me, not having a job lined up after graduation having to constantly remind myself that life doesn't always have to be about what's next. Totally get that. Just finished grad school at 27, feeling behind for my friends with work and relationships. That's a lot, a lot of people who stayed in school after are feeling that way. I'm sharing these so you know that you guys are not alone. Guilt around spending money, working on something bigger so it's taking a longer time and it's uncertain so I'm feeling behind. Trying to find a passion when nothing is speaking to you. I will say the thing that has helped me the most in life is being quiet and getting still and silent with myself which is something at times in my life I've avoided like crazy. And I think the only way to figure out what you want, figure out what you're interested in, figure out maybe even what your next steps are in certain things is to get still, get quiet, start doing morning pages in the morning, wake up every morning, journal three pages. Don't let the pen, like once the pen hits the paper, don't let it stop. Get all of your minds, like your thoughts out on paper and spend a lot of time completely silent. It helps so much. Also, we have so much access to things that we've never had before. This is one of the really big pluses of social media. Now we have podcasts from people we would have never been able to get in contact with, them giving their career life advice. We have books from people. I mean, books and podcasts alone, like you can learn so, so much. Comparing yourself to other people your age who are more successful or appear to be. In the same way too, when I shared that story about, you know, the people being married or the friends who was married, you know, Sally and Mary, whatever their names were. That can be applied to careers as well. You just don't know who people are going to be in 10 years. So it's really a waste of energy and it's a waste of breath focusing on what someone else is doing. Another analogy is someone shared with me once. It helped so much. I actually think about it all the time. And I, I don't even, I, I didn't realize at the time this would be so impactful. But think about it. Like you are on the highway 
and you are driving in your lane. Okay, it's like a four-lane highway. You are in your lane. The lane that you're in is going the slowest right now. Okay, and you're so focused on the lane to your left and the lane to your right. So you end up switching lanes into the left. And then because you're doing that, you're still focusing on other people. And by the time all is said and done, if you would have stayed in the middle lane, most of us know the more you change lanes, the slower it's going to be when you like arrive. It actually adds time. There's like studies on how it adds time to your drive, okay? So if you wanted to stay in that lane and stay head down, focused on yourself and not looking at the lanes next to you, you would get to that place maybe even faster, but in a better, better mindset for sure. Switch majors, then went to grad school. I'm 26, just entering my career. That's actually really, really cool. I think having the courage to do that. And yeah, I think that's actually really, really cool. I think all these are cool. I mean, I get it. Someone said, I'm 31 now. And I just want to pop in to say, the older you get, the more you realize timelines are absolute BS and the less it matters. It does get easier. That's encouraging. I still don't know what my career is. I want to have, and I'm 26, just going through the motion sucks. So so many of us are on this. Maybe I need to have an expert on the podcast of like, if you don't know what you want, how do you figure it out? Like, if you don't know what you're passionate about or what career you want, I don't know. Like, who could I have on the podcast about that? I feel like my friends have more in their bank account than I do. How do I break out of this thinking? I want to support them, be happy for them. Okay, so I wrote down just a few things that I've been doing that helped me. Again, I struggle with this all the time. I'm sure a lot of y'all have even better advice. So like, leave it on the Instagram. Number one, only compare yourself with yourself. Recognize everyone is on their own journey and their journey could not be any less of your business, right? It does not matter. What they're doing does not matter. Easier said than done, but you have to train yourself to not be so focused on them. It's also a waste of time. There are also so many different paths to success, whatever that means for you. And there's different timelines. And just because to, not that it matters who's doing better or worse, but just because you feel like someone is doing so much better than you now doesn't mean they will be in 10 years. Like, And not that that even matters. We kind of need to like neutralize that as well. But there are just so many different paths to success. Some take longer and that is okay. Then define what success is to you. This is a big one for me. It helped a lot when I realized that success to me is not just my career. It's having a life that I love. And more than that, like having really fulfilling relationships. So I think defining what success is to you is also huge. Also, like I spoke about this earlier, Learn how to love the in-between because most of this life is the in-between. We have very few moments where we've, quote, reached a destination. Because even if, let's say, you've been wanting this promotion for 10 years and you finally get that, great. That's like a five-minute conversation. I mean, not a five-minute conversation. Maybe that's like a few weeks and that's great. But then once you do that, you want the next thing, right? So most of life is in the in-between. So we have to get comfortable, or not comfortable, we have to get really content and happy while also wanting more, which is like this journey that I'm trying to figure out, right? Like I said earlier, visualizing your future self as having it and then not wanting their, your past self to have wished all this life away. And then also affirmations, podcasts, books, solo hobbies, make promises to yourself and keep them. I think that is my answer to most things because that's what's helped me the most. But I think building self-confidence over time will make a very, very big difference. But you are not wrong or crazy for feeling this way. I think a lot of this is societal. A lot of this is from our parents, social media. It's it's the landscape of the world. It's the pressure to achieve and achieve and achieve. And like we're robots, right? And we're not robots. You have to remember that. But again, there are so many people who found success later in life or even have changed career paths at 60 
which I think is so cool. So if you are not where you're at right now, like let that be exciting because you don't know what the future holds instead of like hating where you're at currently. And also this pressure and these timelines that we put on ourselves are so stupid. Like who made them? It doesn't matter. You have to constantly, like I ask this to myself all the time. Like when I have like a, like an intrusive thought almost, it's like, who told you that? Right. And like, it's no one. It's just like an, it's like a pressure from society. And even at that, if it is someone, it's not someone that like I care about. I think we need to stop putting so much pressure on ourselves and we need to be open to life going different ways and get better at that, which is very difficult for me. And also like, don't give up on what your dreams, what you really want. Just because you maybe don't have that right now doesn't mean it's not going to happen. There's so many things that like I want. And by the way, I feel behind all the time. Do you think I've never compared myself to someone else on the internet? Like I literally do this for a living, right? Like it is tough, okay? But we're all in this together. We all get it. We can talk about this in the Geneva chat because it's a very honestly annoying topic and it's stupid and it's made up and it doesn't matter. So anyways, if you guys were wondering how I felt about that, that is how I felt. But I hope this episode made you feel better. I hope it brought you peace, if you will. And I hope you guys really enjoyed. I love you all so much and I will talk to you next week. Thank you all so much for listening. If you love this episode, please don't forget to leave a rating and review. It really helps the show grow. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram or YouTube at Kenzie Elizabeth or on TikTok at Kenzie the Texan. I drop new episodes every Thursday and they're also available to watch on YouTube. Thanks so much for listening and I will talk to y'all next Thursday. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.